Welcome to episode 24 of Your Town Crime, where we visit Fort Meade, Florida. Stay tuned to hear Jason talk about an interesting way to ski, and I'll be bringing you a crime spree this episode. Thanks again to Podbean for getting our podcast out to the world, and shout out again to podbelly.com for teaching us how to create a podcast. Hey, Shannon. Hey, Jason. Episode 24, here we are. Here we are. And I can believe it. (laughs) I can't believe it. Uh, I can't. That's wild. (laughs) It is. It is wild. 25 next week. That's a quarter of the way to 100. This is correct. (laughs) One fourth of the way. Three more times, we'll be to 100. (laughs) So I thank you all for listening and continuing to listen and continuing to tell your friends about us. And reaching out to us, we got we got some emails this week. We appreciate that. Yes, uh, we love it. Got some likes on Instagram. Had some views on Facebook, which is kind of rare. We're not, we're not doing. I'm not doing anything there. But every <laughs> once in a while, we get a like. I'm like, oh, okay. Twitter, nobody's nobody cares about Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> but it's there. Then uh, there's you know we don't have any followers there, but that's fine with me. I don't get on Twitter much. And when yeah. I do, it's not for I don't know. It's not for much. I'll go check, see what's trending, and Same. See, see who died. Yeah. And see who, who, who I can get scared of. That like, oh no, did they die? Oh no, <laughs> no, they didn't die. They're in the news oh, or something else. Speaking of Twitter trending, did you watch the Conor McGregor fight? I know, but I got on Twitter <laughs> to see the because I was like, where's the fastest place I can see what happened? <laughs> so I got on Twitter and I looked because it was trending, and there it was, and there's his broken broken ankle, and I'm like, oh, oh my gosh. Well, we watched it. I fell asleep, <laughs> and my husband woke me up yeah. at. 12 15 because that's when it started uh, and it was like 25 minutes later it was over uh, and i was like dang it i like i like it but i never i never do watch them and i really don't know when they're on until i guess the last week i started hearing about it and i was like that'll be cool so i was like what happened in the fight last night yeah and was, oh he broke his ankle oh that was nasty i just and don't know why tough. they goes so late like we can move these spots up a little bit money it's money <laughs> that late well Who it's out it was in vegas right yeah so it was money i mean vegas it's not that late out there oh my god and well, people that's... stay up and they've got the the undercards and all that stuff is that what it's called undercards i the, have no idea the, that's close enough y'all know what i'm talking like about like bidding no like the uh the opening bouts oh okay like the, the pre main main event okay yeah uh, so well, yeah, you, y'all can tell I know a lot about it. <laughs> he I do enjoy was it. wild. Like, he's crazy. Yeah, he is. But I really and enjoy dude, him. <laughs> yeah, and he's tough. I'm like, he was sitting there with a broken ankle flopping yeah. around. And, like, yeah. they were treating it. And, and, like, Joe Rogan popped down and started asking him questions. And he's like, wah, wah, wah. Still running off. his mouth. <laughs> yeah, running his mouth and mad and, like, ready to go again. Yeah. Like, I, you know, he was like, this is a stoppage, you know. Yeah. I didn't get I didn't get. I didn't get knocked out. I didn't get doctor beat. Doctor stoppage. Yeah. Doctor stoppage. Yeah, doctor stoppage. I'm going to, and he's already talking, you know, I want to yeah. be back. 
I thought it was so unfortunate, though. I mean, because the guy didn't do it to him. He just did it to himself. I guess, yeah. I didn't you know, I didn't see what caused it. I just saw it flopping around as it's he went It's like down. he twisted weird. He, yeah. like, did a weird move, and then all of a sudden his ankle rolled, and yeah. then you saw it. And I was oh, like, God. ooh. But I don't know if he, Dustin, like, is that his name? Is, was that his uh, name, Dustin something? Anyway, the other guy, if he, like, kicked his leg. Other before, dude's good. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at his stats today, and I'm like, I should remember his name. Yeah. Oh, my goodness, he was good. But yeah. I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, Ryan needs to call me. I'll come watch a fight with him because I. Dustin Poirier? Yeah. Poirier? Yeah. Anyway, so I don't know if he kicked him and it may like fractured it somehow and he just didn't feel it with the adrenaline or could kept going and then that weird little move just pushed him over Locked the edge. It, yeah. But oh, I felt bad because I rolled my ankle and it hurt really bad. I can't imagine breaking it. Yeah, that was that was rough. I remember watching um, one of the Alabama players pro throw years ago uh, went up for a pass and came down Mm-mm. and just snapped like that. Ugh. Oh, he's just yeah. flopping. As he hit the ground, and that was career-ending for him, man. I, yeah, I hope it's not for Conor McGregor. No. I don't know why. Usually I don't like people that run their mouth, but he just cracks me up. He usually backs it up pretty good, <laughs> you know? I mean, he's been backing it up for years, and he's had some, you know, he, he's getting older, and some stuff, you know, some other the younger guys are getting him, you know, and things are happening, but he's... Yeah, but the other guy <laughs> made a lot was, of money off of was it. doing pretty good. That It was the first round, though, yeah. but I mean... There was only like ten seconds left when that happened, right. but who knows? Yeah, it was wild. So Twitter, Twitter did get me on that. So I did, I did go check Twitter for that. Yeah. But uh, it's a uh, again back to we do thank y'all for listening. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, uh, y'all love the rabbits. That's what y'all do with your friends, right? You <laughs> sit around a table and you talk. Things come out. Oh yeah. Uh, talked about Sandlot again when Shannon first got here. Yes. My son and me were outside. And uh, playing, I thought I was throwing him some balls, and he was hitting, and he said, but Shannon's here. I'm going to go get her so she can see me hit. <laughs> and, and he was wearing the cutest jersey, yeah, the Benny Rodriguez. A, yeah, <laughs> yeah Benny, Benny, Benny the Jet Rodriguez shirt on. It's the looks like a Dodgers jersey. It's got a you know, number 30 and Rodriguez across the back and white with the, with the blue stripes. So, <laughs> so blue cute. Piping. So, yeah. He was really excited, and it's pretty big on him. But he's like, I'll get to wear this forever. <laughs> but he'll be 10 wearing that shirt if it's not worn out. So That's hilarious. Yeah, he was really excited when you, when you pulled up. He was wanting to show off today. He was. He, was. he did good. Yeah. They have a – we got Mason a little glove, and it's yeah. too big for him, but he can, like, wear it. And so he's been wearing it around the house all the time. Yeah. And we'll play catch, and he'll hold it like this. Like he can, he can't he, squeeze it or anything, good. but he'll hold it out and he'll drop it. And every time he drops the ball, he'll say, sorry, <laughs> because in the movie Smalls, oh, he'll, Smalls he says, sorry. Yeah. And so now Mason is always like, sorry. And I'm uh, like, buddy, you don't have you to say sorry so. <laughs> <laughs> every time. Sorry. Or he'll run with the ball and say, I got ball, I got ball, uh, I got ball. Cause that's what, that's what Smalls, Smalls does. does. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Him and Huck are definitely going to have to watch. How many times has yeah. as, as he walked, watched it today? At least five. Oh, wow. No joke. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Yeah, him Which and Huck. We need to get away from the TV, but it was rainy so, <laughs> yeah. and looking weird. Yeah. Well, him and Huck will def- Huck will sit down next to him the whole time. Yeah. And probably Huck will like, look at this. And, yeah. And, and Baby Mason. <laughs> I don't know if he calls him Baby Mason or not, but he'd probably try to treat him like one. Like, come over here and sit with me. <laughs> well, he probably would. That'd be sweet. Yeah. 
We definitely need to go get it. That'd be good. Yeah. All right. So you want to get into it? I don't know how long uh, mine's going to be. I didn't, I didn't think as much. Uh, usually when you go on uh, Wiki, Wikipedia, uh, that's usually where I go first to kind of see what's up. If it's short, you're like, oh, no. And then uh, somehow I've got like three pages front and back. A lot. Okay. Written notes, though. So uh, I wrote kind of big. So I don't know what's going to happen. But uh, we'll just get into it, I guess. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Fort Meade. Fort Meade. It's a. I found out my sister-in-law lives like 30 minutes away. Of course. Of course you know someone or you've been there. I do. I know people in the county. (laughs) Well, it's in Florida. Is it Polk County? It's is in that Polk County, it Florida, yeah. yeah. And uh, Lakeland's the biggest town there, so I've got friends from college that live in Lakeland. Mm-hmm. My sister-in-law lives 30 minutes away. I think we're going there in November, so. Oh, okay. Emily, you know, my wife's going. Uh, so I think I'll go. I don't know if I'm going to go or not, but maybe. Okay. I have to look at my schedule uh, on call and all that. So, But, yeah, this might be the first, first post-start of the podcast town I go to. Heck, yeah. So, That'd be awesome. That would be. I mean, it's, there's, <laughs> it's a neat, neat little town with a lot of history. And um, so I just get into it. I said it's uh, in Polk County. It's Lakeland's the largest city there. Um, there's only uh, 6,300 people in, uh, in Fort Meade. But in Polk County, there's 725,000 people. So it's a pretty That's big county, you know, land-wise. Mm-hmm. And then you got Lakeland up north. Tampa's not far away. It's like a – it's just a – Tampa's one county to the west. So okay. That's where it is. So it's not far from I-75. It goes south uh, through there and all that. So it's not far from there. So there are some people in the county named after James K. Polk. He was the 11th president, if you remember. He was also mm-hmm. governor of Tennessee. So we have a Polk County in Tennessee. Uh, for that, there's Polk counties all over the place, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, but this is Polk County, Florida. The first people in the area, it goes back 12,000 years. In 1539, uh, Ponce de Leon, who we've all heard about in, uh, in history that? class. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he was a Spanish explorer. Uh, he, he came to Florida, and he, uh, he came in the Tampa Bay area, and he sent some men over into Polk County, so they were kind of the first uh, European people in the area. Uh, the Seminole people, who we've heard of, you've heard of the Florida State Seminoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've heard of John Anderson's song, Seminole Wind. I almost started singing <laughs> like uh, I, I try to I, Got a pretty good uh, John Anderson. <laughs> oh Lord, here we go <laughs> impersonation. But uh, I, if we ever do a meetup, you can ask me about this. That'll be uh, if you ask me about John Anderson when we meet up, whenever that's going to be. Whenever <laughs> we ever get that big, where we actually have a meetup somewhere, I will sing John Anderson, either Seminole Wind or Just a Swing. <laughs> so uh, I will definitely do that in person someday if you ask. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the Seminole people, they came from several different uh, Native American groups who settled in Florida uh, beginning in the early 1700s. So uh, the Seminoles make up a bunch of different groups. Uh, the Euro- European settlers were already in the United States. The colonies were already starting to form. Uh, so the Native American people were trying to get away from European settlers. So they're mm-hmm. like, they're not being nice to us. They're running us out anyway, so let's go and try to get away from them and keep living our life. And and stay out of fighting because they've got they've got guns mm-hmm. they've got militaries they we don't we don't so let's go so they ended up in uh, a lot of people from Alabama uh, and Georgia 
mostly the Creek Indians headed down into Florida, and that's kind of what became the Seminole Indian tribe. The Seminole Wars, there were three different wars. They started in 1816, and um, it was the longest and most expensive of the U.S. Indian Wars. So we've talked about Indian Wars last week mm-hmm. uh, up in Bozeman. Um, There's all kinds of Indian Wars. We were down in Arizona. We were down there. So we've talked about Indians getting treated long, wrong everywhere. All right, the first Seminole War was from 1816 to 1819. That's when General Andrew Jackson, who's also from Tennessee, mm-hmm. uh, went down into Florida. And uh, it was Florida was Spanish at the time, and Spanish couldn't really defend the area. Um, so control of Florida uh, went to the United States in 1819. The Treaty of Moultrie Creek of 1823 that removed the Seminoles from northern Florida, and it sent them uh, south uh, into the central Florida area into a reservation there. So that was fine for a while. Uh, there was kind of peace. And then the second Seminole War started, uh, and that was from 1835 to 1842. U.S. kind of just pretty much just voided the Treaty of Moultrie Creek, and uh, they demanded that all Seminoles move to the Indian ter- Territory in Oklahoma. Uh, and because of the Indian Reservation Act of 1830. So they're like, yeah, we know we made this treaty back then, but uh, that was 1823. We had the uh, Indian Removal Act. Some clans did leave and others fought. It caused enough problems through guerrilla warfare that the United States forces sent over 30,000 men down there uh, to help fight them. Thomas Sidney Jessup, uh, they sent him in in 1836, and he started uh, a seek-and-destroy mission, and it, uh, targeted civilians and farms and his aim there was to if they start attacking the civilians people are gonna they're gonna get mad they're not gonna want to take it the mm-hmm. civilians are gonna are gonna want to give up and if we burn all their food they're gonna start starving and then they're gonna need us mm-hmm. and then they're gonna come ask for help mm-hmm. well it worked they abducted Osceola and Micanopy with a false truce flag so they like said hey we're, we're, we're gonna sign a truce treaty or whatever we're gonna we're giving up, or come talk to us. We'll talk about this. And then they abducted them. They mm. said abducted. I don't know if that means they kidnapped them or if they just put them in jail. Or I didn't get into that story because I could have gone down so many paths. But mm-hmm. Osceola, he's in the John Anderson song, and I believe that's Chief Osceola uh, for Florida State fans that, that goes out, that rides out and throws the spear down. Mm-hmm. I think that's Chief Osceola mm. uh, that does that. So that's the, that's the guy there. Okay. Uh, some Seminoles stayed uh, after the conflicts wound down, and um, they kind of kind of hid out. You know, we're going to lay low. We're going to get away. Uh, then in 1849, uh, that's when it's after the the second uh, second Seminole War was over. In 1849, that's when Fort Meade was built. It was on a new uh, military road between uh, Fort Brook, which is in Tampa, uh, to Fort Pierce, and that's on the Atlantic coast. And then the third Seminole War started in 1855. It lasted from 1855 to 1858. This was more settlers are moving southwest to Florida, uh, increased tensions with uh, the Seminoles. In December of 1855, the U.S. Army destroyed a Seminole plantation uh, west of the Everglades. They did it to uh, so the Seminoles would retaliate, and that worked. Holada um, uh, Miko. Uh, the white settlers called him Billy Bowlegs, and he raided. Uh, he had a raid near Fort Myers, and they had all kinds of small raids and skirmishes after that. 
and their army again targeted the civilians in the farms. They removed the food supply. Uh, in 1858, most of the Seminoles uh, were war-weary. They were starving, so they said, all right, if we give up, you have to promise you'll take us, you'll safe passage to the Indian territories, and uh, we also want some cash. So uh, they asked for it. I don't know if they ever got it, but mm. I hope they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's estimated that about 200 to 500 uh, retreated into the Everglades into the Big Cypress Swamp. So that's just a really quick rundown of Seminole history there. Uh, Fort Meade is there because of the Seminole Wars. Right. That's why I included that in there. So okay. I didn't do that justice at all. So there's more more to that story. You can I could have talked all night on that. Uh, but 1849, that's when Fort Meade was built. So that's when Fort Meade started. So now I'll get back into that. It was named after General George Meade. He was a lieutenant then. He originally mapped the road and the town fort site there, and his commander named it after him. And he's familiar, or he's famous for later, uh, in the Civil War, he defeated Robert E. Lee at, G- at Gettysburg. Okay. So he's, that's what he's known for. So he was General George Meade. Uh, so he was pretty famous mm-hmm. uh, in the Civil War. Um, but he got a town name for him before that. So right. uh, that's pretty neat. Stonewall Jackson, who was also famous from the Civil War, was stationed at the fort in 1851. Uh, during the Civil War, the town was burned by Union forces in 1864, and all the original structures were burned. In the 1880s, the business district was established on what's now Broadway. And if you get on Google Earth, mm-hmm. which I did, of <laughs> course, and went to Street View uh, on Broadway, there you can see uh, nothing, nothing from the 1880s, I don't think. There's some two-story um, Main Street buildings there that kind of look like ours here in town. Uh, a lot of small town uh, front streets that were uh, from the 1880s, that 1920s probably. That's cool. Uh, things built, so uh, there's a few buildings there. There's about 150 buildings that are designated as landmarks. So, oh. yeah, this is, and this is not coming from Wiki. This is coming from the, uh, the Fort Meade Historical Society. So, uh, and also 300 homes on the National Register for Historic Places. Okay, so, which I love because yeah. it's, it is so populated. I mean, that is nice that they are keeping the history right. and stuff. Right. It was not, the, Fort Meade, to be so close to some big cities, it's not really that populated with, you know, 60, what did I say, 6,300 people? That's what I meant, though, like yeah. around, right. you know, because they and could probably, you know, if they wanted to, oh, yeah. have a lot more people. Well, there's a lot of land outside that's not, not being used in some old... Uh, old mines and stuff that I'll talk about in a second. Uh, but yeah, it is neat. And like you go, you go look at some of the houses that are, that have, you know, some markers on, on Google earth and you go to street view and it's like the old two story uh-huh. house with the Spanish moss. And it's, they're really cool and really oh, pretty. That'd be pretty. Um, yeah. And on Instagram, you know, I'll, I'll put in Fort Meade and go look at that, look at people's pictures. And there's a lot of pictures, you know, of people, you know, down by the river and, fo- and there's Spanish moss and, Spanish moths and all the real estate photos and and uh, and just all kinds of cool stuff. There's one dude <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram. You know, I'm I'm seeing all kinds of pictures. There's one dude pumping gas at the gas station. Okay. He's like some kind of CrossFit hashtag CrossFit. And he's just pumping. hashtag Fort Meade. And it wasn't a selfie. Like he he told somebody else to take a picture of him, like flexing as he's pumping gas. So shout out to that dude who took that picture. Okay, next time I six see years you ago. in your work truck, you gotta like flex, <laughs> flex. <in> the, yeah. <laughs> hashtag <laughs> our town. <laughs> yeah. 
So shout out to that guy. If anybody in Fort Meade's <laughs> listening to that and you're like, I remember that, or I know who that dude is, or that dude's me, <laughs> I laughed at your picture. <laughs> tell, the, tell the guy that I laughed at your picture. I thought it was hilarious. All right, so uh, all right. getting back on track, I'm going to go back to talk about the actual fort. Uh, the fort was abandoned in 1854. This is the history of the fort. It was reoccupied in March of 1857. It was abandoned again in September of 1857, so just a few months there. And then um, the Confederate Army uh, occupied it from 1861 to 1864. Then the Union came in and burned it down. Uh, you, there's no remains there now, but there's a historic marker at the Heritage Park, and that's on 3rd Street. If you want to look at it, you can find it on uh, on, on Google. I found it. Okay. It is it's just a park. You can see the actual uh, marker there. Um, but the park's got one of those merry-go-rounds that'll, like, break your, that'll, like, kill you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking <laughs> the about? The old school one? Yeah, like the old that school one, like but not the, the drive, center. The drive-in? <laughs> the center's still there. Like, okay. Uh, we, had one at, we had one at one of my schools that, like, didn't have a center. It was just, like, a tuba six on the outside that you sat on. Uh-huh. And then, like, just the... The oh. bars in the middle, and like people would get in the middle and run around. Well, if you fail, there'd be like thirty kids on this thing. <laughs> there was no stopping it, and people would fall in the middle. There was broken bones all the time. Ugh. It was so rough; they'd get trampled in the middle, and you just have to like try to roll out. I feel like I remember that. Yeah, it's gone now. It might not have made it to when you were there. <laughs> I mean, like remember one like it? I remember yeah, having. Yeah, I mean, one it was there when you were a kid for sure. Raggedy. One's at the drive-in in Athens. Oh, okay. Do you remember that? I, I've never been there. Oh, okay. Well, we used to go all why. the time. Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah. But it's got one of those <laughs> one of those merry-go-rounds that'll, that'll flat out throw you. Uh, it's, it's still in the Google. I don't, it might be gone now. It's still in the Google fit photo. Uh, so, anyway, that was fun to see that. Uh, all right. So, uh, the one of the main industries in... Um, in Fort Meade was phosphate mining. It's on the eastern end of the phosphate mining region. Phosphate mining's been in the news lately. There's been a leak at Piney Point. That's an abandoned phosphate plant in uh, Manatee County, and that's just southwest of Polk County uh, in Bradenton. Uh, so uh, there's like an old there was an old plant there that went bankrupt, and they had a they had a pond there, a settling pond. It's a lot of phosphates. There's a lot of nitrogen in there because uh, it was a fertilizer plant. So, Which yeah. is used for? For crops. Okay. So to put on crops. Um, phosphates, phosphates are mainly used for, uh, for fertilizer. Like 90% of the phosphates that are mined is used for fertilizer, and the rest of it is for animal feed and, uh, and uh, detergents. Okay. So, but anyway, <laughs> it's, it's still, still going on. I think they're trying to get it not cleaned up and get it stopped from leaking anymore. They, uh, yeah. yeah, so that's been in the news lately, and that's directly influenced from phosphate mining. Talking more about phosphates, the U.S. is the third largest producer in the world. In 2015, there was 27.6 million metric tons mined, which was worth about $2.2 billion. Good night. So, uh, so phosphates is still a big business, wow. and it's still a big problem in the wastewater industry mm-hmm. uh, that I have, I have to deal with with phosphorus for nitrogen removal. Okay. Because there's fertilizers getting run off into the ground and right. going to the Gulf of Mexico. I think I've talked about this before. And there's algae blooms in the Gulf of Mexico. Algae blooms in the Gulf of Mexico. You might have talked about the, that in Andrews, Texas. Maybe. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, yeah. So, I have to deal with it, too. I have to make sure I've got regulations that I have to live by because 
big farmers are putting their fertilizers in the Mississippi River, and mm-hmm. my water goes to the Mississippi River eventually. So anyway. Right. Uh, phosphate mining was the major business in Fort Meade. There was also some citrus growers in Florida, of course. There's They're everywhere. Um, the ledger.com, there's a... Um, there's an article there called Skiing in the Sand is No Joke. There's skiing a, in the Sand. Skiing in the Sand is No Joke. That's the title of the article in the ledger.com. Yeah, so Skiing in the Sand. See, we said in the show opener, I was going to talk about an interesting way to ski. And it's in the sand. It's in the sand, right. Oh, my God. That sounds right. terrible. It does. It I sounds, hate getting sand on me. It sounds, yeah, it does sound <laughs> terrible. Uh, so they had this thing, one of the phosphate mines. Uh, it's pretty flat in this area. It's very flat. There's mm-hmm. no mountains. like it. So they, there was the sand mountain, and I guess you could see it from all over town. So people, it was like 200 feet high, and that's tall. Yeah. And, you know, that's a mountain. Yeah. So, uh, so what did they do? People started taking their families there and started climbing up the sand mountain and having picnics at the top and, you know, girlfriends and boyfriends and <laughs> – the parents would take their kids up there, and they'd sled down the side of the sand mountain. And then um, this dude, uh, this dude that you may have heard of, some people might have heard of him. He was a, uh, he was, uh, he's called Dick Pope Jr. That's his name. <laughs> Why are you laughing? That's not funny at all. It's not. <laughs> uh, that couldn't be a worse name, by the way. <laughs> So uh, who he, was Dick Pope Senior? Well, that was his dad. His his dad, Dick Pope Senior. Uh, he he founded the Cypress Gardens. Uh, they closed in two nine two thousand nine in Winter Haven, Florida. Uh, the Botanical Gardens, and they also had a ski uh, ski show there. And his son, Dick Pope Junior, was in the ski show and was like a world class skier. <laughs> well, he started hearing about the uh, the big uh, sand sand mountain, so he's like, hey got an idea i'm gonna ski down that so he started skiing down it in metal skis and it was that was already a thing like there's sand skiing like in in canada and i think massachusetts and other places i never can say that right um so he's like i'm gonna do it down here and his dad you know had the botanical gardens the cypress gardens and was kind of you know into promoting things so so old junior he, he started promoting the sand uh the sand mountain and he uh like skiing is really big there like water skiing mm-hmm. like this dick pope jr he uh pretty much developed barefoot skiing with some of his bed- buddies in 1947 oh cool he's one of the first people to do it and uh he was in the show at the botanical gardens he was a world champion water skier uh the water ski hall of fame is in polk county florida so this is like water skiing is the deal down there okay so uh naturally we yeah so he's like i have skis let's see let's go so um he organized the florida downhill sand skiing association uh, <laughs> to promote it uh the uh the pinnacle of this was from 1951 to 1952 uh thousands of people came for the international sand skiing tournament okay uh, for real it was international <laughs> they, they brought people in from norway teams in from norway uh, Belgium, France. Um, we need to hire them to promote our podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, they're probably dead. But <laughs> <laughs> For that family. Yeah, yeah. There was other teams from Holland, uh, Denmark, and Switzerland. So it was a big deal for a while. Uh, by 1964, 
uh, new tech made it possible for the phosphate to be extracted from the sand. So the sand no, mountain faded away. Gone. Okay. Yeah, so it's gone. But you well, can that see. that is cool. Yeah. I wonder how that works. What? I wonder how you can take it from the sand. I guess they just, they, the sand was washed off of the phosphate rock. Um, so I guess there was still phosphorus in it. It probably wasn't that, that good to be around and get on you. Uh, probably know, not. Uh, in hindsight. Um, but I don't know. They figured something out. They broke huh. it down even farther and, cool. uh, and got it cleaned up and got more phosphorus out of it because it's a huge industry. Yeah, they're not. I mean, phosphorus isn't, I don't think they can make it sit synthetically. So, uh, so you have to get it out of the earth and to get it. So Interesting. Um, anyway, uh, you can get it back from plants and stuff like that. And some people mine the algae and wastewater plants in Europe, and they're trying to develop things like that to, to be able to fertilize, to recapture it and fertilize instead of letting it waste out into the waste streams and going to the Gulf of Mexico. Right. So people are working on stuff like that. That's cool. Something else I found that was cool was the uh, ghost lights of Herd Bridge Road. Ghost lights of of what? Herd. Herd. Okay. Herd Bridge Road. Herd Bridge Road. Okay. Uh, so there's a uh, there's unexploded lights floating over the bridge uh, since the early 1950s. Ooh, that's creepy. Yeah, creepy. No one knows the origin. I didn't see a lot of things about this, so it might be the only website that there was anything <laughs> about it. But I was like, okay, I'm gonna. That's creepy. Uh, so there's this dude. His name was Raymond. That's all it said. No last name given. This is on backpackerverse.com, and I'll put it in their show notes. Uh, but old Raymond said that he heard about this, these, uh, these lights on the bridge. So he said, I'm going to go out there. And he tried to talk his girlfriend in it, into going with him, but she came up with an excuse at the last minute, he says. So he went by himself. He's sitting out there, and he, uh, he parked right before the bridge, and the fog started rolling in. This was at night. It was after dark. And he uh, started to fall asleep. So he, then he kind of jumped real quick, you know, as he was falling asleep. He uh -huh. just jumped and noticed uh, some white robed figures in the woods, and they were kind of moving towards his car. Ew. Yeah, so he was like, what's, what's going on? Oh. Is this like a cult thing? <laughs> like, what's going on? Who are these people? And he's like, at first he kind of thought it was the fog, too, but he's like, oh, those look like people. They started getting closer and closer. And then one stopped. There's more than one. And Ew. one stopped between his headlights and like turned and looked at him and it was the white faced it was white faced with white robe and he could see the nose and the white skin and the mouth and he's like what's up with that <laughs> like, he's like they're real they're real and uh but you know, uh, and so now there's just the ghost lights. now they're just there still I don't know. Or is that just maybe he... That was the he... end of the story. He didn't really say what happened. Okay, well... If they disappeared or what, but that was that was that's his tale. That's super creepy. Now, if you're from Fort Meade and you're listening to this and you're like, man, that's, I've never even heard of that. I mean, is that really <laughs> a thing? I don't even know if that road... I didn't, I didn't like research that any farther. It's just to sound like a cool story. So there's a ghost story for you. All right, so uh, go visit the Fort Meade Historical Society. There's not a lot to do in Fort Meade. Uh, it's a small town, like I said, but please go downtown and check their shops out. Uh, find all you can. It's, it's definitely a, a cool-looking little town. Uh, the Historic Society is definitely a place to go to, to learn more about this area. Uh, visit them. I'll, I'll link this on the show notes, too. Fort Meade, Florida. FortMeadeFLMuseum.com. 
they've got family history media. They've got a 90-year-old luncheon that they do. I think that's pretty cool oh, for a small cool. town. Yeah. If you're over 90, they have this luncheon for you. So you can come and talk to other old people and uh, <laughs> tell your stories to the, to the town and talk about the history of the town and, and just cool. kind of treat them for the day. And that is, I thought that was really neat. I'm going to mention, cool. mention that to people in our town. Yeah. Uh, they have a history ride along where you can, I guess, ride along with people and they'll tell you about, just take you down the streets and show you what's a, what's what. Uh, they have a Maypole celebration, uh, Peace River uh, Folk Festival. Fort Meade's on the Peace River. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said that. I uh, saw some cool pictures of that mm-hmm. with the Spanish moss and all that. That was neat. Uh, they have a, Holly Jolly Trolley Ride, which sounds really <laughs> quaint and cool and, and uh, fun. Annual barbecue dinner, Christmas at the Keys. That's uh, Christmas music at the uh, gazebo outside of the Historic Society building. So they have, they have uh, Christmas music at the gazebo outside. And I was like, we couldn't do that at the gazebo outside. I mean, I guess we could, but it'd be cold. But they're like, bring your lawn chairs and come Oh, yeah, out. well... Because it's be, beautiful down there. Yeah, we would be snuggled up around here. Or sometimes it's been a little warm. But not Florida warm. Not Florida warm. Right. They also have a driving tour and a link to the Sand Mountain ski videos. So that was neat. I watched that. It's on YouTube. But okay. link to it from here because I, I couldn't find it otherwise. <coughs> I keep feeling like I'm going to sneeze. Oh, you've got a note in the kitchen, but I'm full. Oh, okay. I think you note or something. Oh, okay. All right, something else I found while uh, checking Instagram out was the Streamsong Golf Resort, and that's not in Fort Meade. It's just outside a little bit, but it looked pretty cool. It's like a huge, like two, two, two different courses at least. I'm not sure how much many holes are on both courses, but uh, there's more than 18 or 36. But there was there was two different colors, and I don't, oh, that is cool. There's two different, yeah, two different courses at least, and uh, a nice big resort. It looked cool and pretty modern. So, yeah, that's pretty neat. Uh, Fort Meade has definitely got a lot of history. And uh, now, Shannon, take us away with the, with the crime spree. Okay. All right. Peggy Shearing was an 80-year-old who was a substitute teacher in Polk County. Is she the killer? No, she's not. <laughs> she is not the killer. Um, her family and friends would describe her as an animal lover. She stayed to herself mostly was quiet and you can imagine her being like I can imagine an 80 year old who's a substitute being just real sweet um she was born in New York but had lived in Fort Meade for her last 36 years of life it was a shock to the community of Fort Meade and her family when they discovered that Peggy had been brutally murdered on the morning of Wednesday October 2nd 2019 yeah so Peggy was discovered by authorities sitting on her couch where she had been fatally shot twice. When police arrived at her house, they noticed smoke coming from inside. When entering the house, the assailant tried to burn the house down by putting plastic bottles and clothes on top of the stove and then turned it on. It was unsuccessful. <laughs> like this plan Plastic was bottles? Plastic bottles and clothes were on top of the stove. and he oh, just clothes, okay. Yeah, and they, he turned the burners on. Police also noticed blood droplets that led outside with a pool of blood on the ground. Come to find out, Peggy was holding her 10-year-old dog at the time of her death. Mm. The dog suffered a broken foot and cuts from a bullet that went through her. So he had the dog had like lacerations. Um, okay. And so the dog, I guess, after she passed, let go and ran, ran off, outside. 
Yeah. So as if this story isn't sad enough for the community and her family, this was just one part of that tragic day in Polk County. Earlier that morning, an 18-year-old girl was sleeping in her bedroom when she was awakened by a man named Taiwan Blandon, a then 30-year-old man. Blandon surprised the young girl in her sleep, standing over her completely nude. He then pulled a knife on her and made her perform oral sex on him. Blandon then hogtied the young girl, searched the house, and took four firearms, two handguns, and two rifles. He wrapped a blanket around the girl and forced her into his vehicle. So that's really wild. She said they were headed in the direction of Frostproof, which is about 25 minutes from Fort Meade. Mm -hmm. Before reaching Highway 27, Blandon turned off a dirt road and stopped on a path. The young girl at this point did not recognize her surroundings. Blandon got out of the vehicle, leaving the girl in the car. So he had turned off a dirt road, went up it, a little dirt driveway, and saw a house with bushes right there. He got out of the vehicle, leaving the girl in the, ca- in the car. He approached the front door of the mobile home that was covered with bushes and knocked on the door. According to the young girl, an elderly lady opened the door and they talked. She let Blandon in. This elderly, elderly lady is Peggy Shearing. Hmm. So you would... I would think just watching, if I was in the car, I would think he must know her. If he went to the front door, he pulled off in the dirt path. Like, he's got to know this woman. She let, they talk. He goes in. Home, she's left in the car, you know. Yeah. I would think they would have to know each other. While Blandon was still inside with Peggy, the young girl was able to free herself from the ties. She got into the front seat of the vehicle and backed out the dirt road. So, amazing. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> yeah, amazing. She rushed back to her house, but pulled into a neighbor's house instead, which is also super smart. Yeah. To call 911 because he had her phone. Right. So, I'm like, way to go. Yeah. You got out. You didn't mm-hmm. go. I probably would have went to the police station. Right. But, she, I mean. She didn't know where she was. Yeah, she was probably just freaking out. That's really smart. Just go find to, the first people you can and right. get help. Moments later, Blandon pulled into the neighbor's driveway, driving a red van that she noticed was at the elderly woman's house. So he must have saw his vehicle, you know, noticed it, grabbed the elderly lady's van, drove, chased her. Yeah, Yeah. chased her down. He started shooting at the young girl. And I could not find, I apologize, I couldn't find her name. I don't know if it was because maybe she was too young. They didn't want to put out the name. She was 18, so I don't know. But she got away and she still. Yeah. Still got it. She got away. Yeah. So That's he started great. shooting at her and she was started running. And so he didn't hit her. So she was also really smart. Ah. She didn't like, I just, Man, this girl you know, in this awesome. moment, you're I'm like, so, you're I'm like so Jason Bourne. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's like doing it all smart. Like I would probably freak out and just be like, uh, stop. Oh <laughs> um, but one of the bullets that Blandon shot hit an 80 year old elderly woman who was sitting in her wheelchair thankfully it hit her foot though and she fully recovered so blandon hopped back into his own car so he left the ditched the van that he stole hopped in his own car and he drove away the young girl told authorities that she knew of blandon and that he went to high school with her boyfriend so i mean she knew of him but she didn't like know him personally Thanks to this young girl and her bravery, the family of Peggy were able to be notified as quickly, and police were able 
to right. know a who they were going after and how to get to that house. Right. So Blandon fled toward Georgia. He carjacked a vehicle around 2.30 a.m. on October 12th in 2019. So a couple weeks later, he was yeah. at it again um, near Atlanta at a convenience store. Police in Atlanta were able to spot the stolen vehicle that day and attempted a traffic stop. He fled quickly. After crashing the vehicle during the fast pursuit, Blandon took off on foot, where he eventually was caught by authorities, thankfully. They found a handgun and gloves in the vehicle. Blandon was arrested on first-degree murder, first-degree arson, armed kidnapping, sexual battery with a deadly weapon, grand theft of a motor, motor vehicle and firearm, and tampering with physical evidence. According to Sheriff Grady Judd, he likely won't spend another day on the streets due to all the felonies. So that's good. Yeah, that's good. And that's also an awesome sheriff name. That is. Sheriff Grady Judd? <laughs> yes. That's like perfect. But yeah. All right. So Sheriff Grady Judd with the awesome <laughs> name said, got this dude. Yes. Put him in jail. Yeah. And he was extradited down to Florida again. Good. So, I mean, hopefully. But. I had read on different articles, and by the way, this came from the ledger.com. They had a ton of articles about this guy. I mean, they were following him. Yeah. I mean, they were really doing a lot of research on him while this was going on because that was, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. They don't, they speculated what was wrong with him because there was no motive on the why he did what he did. Yeah. But his dad had died like eight days prior. And so I don't know if it was like a traumatic thing, but he, his brothers and some cousins said that he had mentioned if he, he would have a shootout with police before he went to jail. Of course that didn't happen, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but I'm yeah, glad they caught him. Yeah. Glad the family got some, some closure. I'm glad the the girl got away. I know. That's such a oh, cool story, yeah. though. I mean, she's, like, so brave. That's like, so tough. Yeah. So awesome. Going through something traumatic already. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was traumatic and continuing to go through it and then having the the, the mind to, the mindset to go, I'm getting, I got to get out right. of this. And thinking, and what do I do? And boom, 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 acting, 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 and doing the great, the right things. Yeah. And, and just getting it done and getting him and getting his name out there yeah and if she's not for a, this she's girl she's i mean yeah. they they may not have known who killed peggy either yeah. you know i mean they could have just been still unsolved no one would have known so that's just really awesome so yeah. i thought that was a cool story that not is. for peggy but I yeah mean, i mean it's otherwise. not yeah and all the traumatic things are definitely not cool but the but the survivor story uh, being able to, to get away and, and put an end to this story and get some closure for a family, mm-hmm. that definitely is a great story. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. And the ledger.com, we had uh, the ledger, we had several different, two stories come from that. So mm-hmm. shout out to them. Thank y'all. Uh, so that's that's what you got? That's what I All have. All right. Well, we're down, <laughs> down through another episode. Thank y'all so much for listening again. We appreciate that. Go tell your friends. Um, like or follow or hit the plus sign whatever's going on on <laughs> apple podcast now it changed oh there did was, it yeah there's an update and it's okay. not like follow or subscribe anymore there's less like a plus at the top oh okay on the on my phone anyway so okay uh, that changed i think i'm think i'm subscribing to people okay i haven't done a whole lot but there's one or two episodes one or two podcasts i've subscribed to in the last week or two and it was oh, how do i do sign. this there's something different <laughs> so things look a little different but please do that um i'll share it on instagram um yeah, a little uh, little news. Uh, two weeks from now, I guess 
where episode 26 would normally be. We're going to postpone that for a week. I'm wearing glasses now because I'm not wearing contacts. I'm getting LASIK done in Yay. two weeks on the 27th. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we, we will be releasing on, we normally would be releasing on the 28th of July. And uh, going to have too much going on. So we'll just take that week off, take it easy. You'll have to tell us how you feel the next yeah, day when you wake up and you don't have to put contacts yeah, in or grab your glasses. I've been wearing contacts since I was 11 and I'm, I'm now 42. So it was weird. Like I took my contacts out last night and I said, this is the last time I'll ever take contacts out. <laughs> as far as so I know. Cool. As yeah. far as I know. So that's was a little weird. That's you know? awesome. And I'm wearing glasses and I hate them. So I can't wait till the 27th <laughs> here so I can get, get back to normal. And That'll be awesome. I've it's never, so quick too. Yeah. I don't remember seeing the world without corrective lenses. It's a big deal. I yeah. almost became an optometrist because of it. I just, really? Yeah. I want to help other people see because I can remember. I could. I was second grade when I started wearing glasses, and on the ride home, I read everything, every billboard, every street sign, every I couldn't, <laughs> stop signs. You, you thought know, it was I, so I, cool. Yeah, because I never, I'd adapted. I knew what a stop sign looked like. I yeah. Knew I was supposed to, you know, I wasn't driving. But Man, I, eleven, and you needed correction. That, that second bad? grades when I started. Oh, okay. okay. Eleven, I was in sixth grade when okay. I started wearing never contacts. Mind. Okay. Glasses in second grade, and I don't know how long I needed them before that. But okay. I just adapted, sat in the front, front of the class, straight A student back then. And uh, <laughs> once I could see, my grades went down because I was like looking out the window, daydreaming. Seeing, and, I know. Yeah. Well, I worked at an optometrist's office, and it was so cool seeing little kids or even grown adults who, did, who didn't realize they needed correction, yeah. and they could see details on like a leaf from right. the trees. Like right. they just thought it was like yeah. a Bob Ross painting out there. They couldn't really see details right, up close. Yeah. So it was really cool, yeah. which I have 2020. So I don't know that, yeah. you know, I don't yeah. know any different, but That's, I can imagine that being tough. It is tough. My mom was upset. She cried. She's a kindergarten teacher. She will. Yeah, she is. She still is. She retired, but she's <laughs> always going to be a kindergarten teacher. Um, and she, you know, I told her that I needed glasses and she didn't believe me. Did I tell you about this, this story already? But anyway, she, uh, she was upset when she, she realized when I, on that drive home, when I could re read everything and she knew that I had never seen the world like everyone else had. Uh -huh. so, uh, so I mean, that was a, it was a big day. Yeah, that is so, awesome. And it'll be a big June day in two weeks. Janu July 27th is going to be another big day. Yeah, that'll be I'm awesome. I'm so excited. Uh, it's just a really, really big deal to me. So thank y'all. Appreciate the, some prayers or support for that. Yeah. And, uh, I'll tell you the next, 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 on episode 26, Yeah, how good I can see. I know. That would be so awesome. Yeah. All right. Um, go to our, go to our website at yourtowncrimepodcast.com. You can link to all of our socials there. Uh, you're not going to get much unless you're on Instagram and some weeks it's going to be more than others. Uh, but you're going to get some things there. You can, uh, look at my followers, look at our followers to see, uh, different, pe different people I follow from different towns. Uh, that we've done in the past. Uh, sometimes there's not anything. Uh, Fort Meade, there wasn't a lot, really a lot, of, lot to follow. Uh, but in Bozeman, I followed a, uh, uh, a uh, photographer that had some cool pictures, and you know you can follow those. So uh, from Hilton Head, I followed the uh, Coastal Discovery Museum, and that's one of my favorite follows so far. Uh -huh. That was one of our early episodes. And the Coastal Discovery Museum, if you ever go to uh, – to uh, Hilton Head, go by there. It's okay. a, they've got some awesome posts, and uh, I've I've learned a lot, and it's it's very, very uh, informative. There's also Explore Mitchellville, which was in in uh, Hilton Head also, and uh, that was the first uh, 
that was a slave community or a, a freed slave community uh-huh. uh, in Hilton Head that we talked about. So those are two great follows uh, if you like that part of the story. Okay. So, uh, you well, know, I get into that. the history part, uh, the true crime. I know that's you, and uh, <laughs> but we need to maybe we find some some places to follow for that too. But oh yeah, usually Instagrams mm-hmm. showing the bright sunny side of life. Oh uh, yes. Not the. Not I the love sp- the Insta. Yeah. So thank you all for that. Instagram, I guess I talked about it. So go find us at Your Town Crime Pod. Um, Twitter's at crime underscore town. Facebook's uh, Your Town Crime Podcast. So anyway, thank you all for listening. We're fixing to throw the dart. It's and my it's turn. your turn. Yeah. So watch your head. <laughs> okay, Shannon, where'd you hit? Leesburg, Virginia. Leesburg, Virginia. We're pretty close <laughs> to Hancock, Maryland. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're West Virginia's in between. Uh, but they're not too far at all. Uh, look pretty neat. It's yeah, an old, it does look cool. Not far from Washington, D.C. at all. Uh, so I think we're going to have a pretty good one here. There's a lot of people there. Uh, Leesburg, Virginia. A lot of history. So stay tuned. Come back next week for episode 25. 25. Can you believe it? <laughs> Leesburg, Virginia. We'll see y'all next week. See you next week. <laughs>